Welcome back to the Nomi Podcast. Hi there. I'm Madeline, one of the coaches and co-hosts of the Nomi Podcast. I'm here with Cynthia Garrett, licensed mental health counselor and coach, and one of the wisest and kindest people I know. But maybe I'm biased. She's also my mom. Each episode, we discuss what's going on in the world, themes we're seeing with our clients, and topics that help us discover more about ourselves every day. As coaches and curious people, we believe that living your fullest, most authentic life starts with getting to know yourself. By the end of each episode, we hope you're one step closer to saying, ah, yes, I truly know me. So something that's been going on in the UK, or at least being discussed, is at the cost of living crisis. A big part of the discussion is around how to save money, how to cut corners, how to cut things out of your life. And this might seem a little bit tangential, but I'm starting to think a lot about the allocation of resources. This goes beyond just allocating your financial resources, but also where your energy goes, where your focus goes, the types of things that you say yes to and no to. And if we don't have a good foundational understanding of what we need in order to run our bodies, minds, souls, everything at the best capacity, then when the cost of living goes up, someone in your household loses a job, anything happens that disrupts your day to day. You might not just be worrying about how to allocate your finances, but how to actually get yourself through your days. So I'd love to chat a little bit with you today about how to help our listeners and ourselves, as we are always curious, in learning how to allocate your resources to protect yourself, live your best life, prevent burnout, and thrive in general. Mm, Yeah, it's a really important thing. And a lot of times we're very reactive about that as opposed Mm. to proactive, meaning that we run out of money, we run out of time, we run out of energy, we run out of, right? And then we're like, oh, shoot, I probably should have done something about that, you know? This is such a great point. There's this amazing illustrator that a lot of people might know, Liz Foslian, and she does these great simple illustrations. You might have seen them if you're on LinkedIn. They usually have a light blue background and they're Mm. very simple. And she has this one where it shows a barometer on one on the left and on the right. And on the left, it shows when you should rest. You're not quite in the red. You're not quite empty. It's kind of in the middle when you're like half a tank. Um, And when we do take rest, which is when we're on empty or dangerously approaching empty. So I love what you've just said that sometimes we wait too long because I think the default is you fill your cup back up when it's empty. But why do we wait till it's empty? It's true. I I think some of it is the learned behavior, right? You know, Mm. and and the culture that we've, that we're brought up in. But the analogy I use with my clients a lot of times when they come into my office, I say to them, you're hanging from the cliff. So our job is not only to get you up back on the ledge, but Mm. behind the safety barrier, right? Mm, That's a very good metaphor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I think about my trip to the Grand Canyon and being really concerned that there wasn't enough gap between (laughs) me and the edge of the ledge 
with a safety barrier. I was like, okay, I don't want to go there because I know. I know how the story ends. Right. Well, and that's where fear for me right now, Mm. maybe you don't need a hundred feet safety barrier to not be dangling off the edge of the cliff. But I know me from years of learning about me to know that I do. I need a bigger buffer before I get there. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really key, I think, because actually you've made two points in there that I want to pick apart a little bit. Yeah. One of them is you can be up close to the the barrier. But I know myself after years of practicing being alive and I need more space than that from the edge in order to thrive. But there's a difference between knowing that you can be close to the edge and to your earlier point, being desensitized from being close to the edge because the social world we live in tells us that if we are not living at the edge constantly, We're lazy, we're not driven enough, we're not trying hard enough, and it's only your fault if you're not thriving in life and you're not living by the edge. There's no conversation around how you can live 100 feet back from the edge and still thrive and still be driven and still be productive. Right. And actually, more often than not, you're going to be even better off. Right. I'm a firm believer that that is a very true statement. I think that absolutely, we do get that message in many different ways. And then what we do is we form this belief. And I had this belief for many years where I had the belief that there was no limit on time. There was no Mm. limit on my energy. There was no limit on my resources. There was no (laughs) limit on, right? Because aren't we taught, oh, you can have anything, do anything. You're limitless. That's true. You're not limitless. And time is not limitless. There's only 24 hours in the day. So when people come and say to me, Cynthia, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you 110%. I'm like, okay, well, we're starting off on the wrong foot already because there's no such thing. Yeah. As you giving me a hundred percent, a hundred and ten, a hundred and ten percent. You can get. <laughs> I'd love a hundred. That would be great. But but this is what we tell ourselves: is that that if I just am more efficient, I'm going to have twenty five hours in a day. I don't True. think so. That's not how that works. But oh. it's wishful thinking. But I think it's more the idea of if you're. Uh, hyperproductive and you're really vigilant about your time management and you find the perfect formula for allocating your resources and you'll be able to reclaim wasted time and this idea that there even can be wasted time and I don't know if I even subscribe to the idea that there's wasted time there's time that we spend where it leaves a bad feeling in our stomach Mm -hmm. or our hearts or our heads because Mm -hmm. we're not spending it in a way that feels Mm -hmm. meaningful. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you don't get 25 hours in the day. And yes, you can reclaim time, but it's only through picking apart why you're doing the things that you're doing, understanding why, how you want to spend your time. And then, as we said before, allocating your resources, which is time toward the things you do want to be doing. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing that comes to mind is you were talking, using the word waste, right? And I was just actually talking to a client of mine this past week and he was using the same thing. Oh, you know, I feel like I've wasted the day sitting Mm -hmm. on the couch, right? Or 
procrastinating or not doing the to-do list, right? Mm. And so what I said to him was, let's talk about who defines waste, right? And what really is, what's your definition? And then I said, you know what? I don't even use the word waste because it doesn't serve me. It's It has a, a very, you know, sort of negative connotation or mm. that I'm doing something bad. Right. And, and so what I reframe it as is I look at all the aspects of my life that are meaningful for me. And I say, did I have a satisfactory return on my investment? <laughs> Your investment being that you woke up? My investment. Yeah. My investment <laughs> of time, time. my inve- yeah. investment of energy, my investment of my resources, my final, maybe my money. And it's a really good way because then I can say, you know what? It wasn't as satisfactory as I would have liked it to be. And so then Mm. I can look and say to myself, okay, well, what might be really helpful in the area of my personal growth, right? That would Mm. make me feel a little bit more satisfied with my return on the investment of maybe either Mm. time I'm spending or money I'm spending or energy I'm spending in that particular area. Absolutely. And I think that is such a conscious way of understanding how you invest your time, how you invest your resources. And what I think is really interesting, this is an experience I have a lot where I try to ask myself when I have an unexpected afternoon off or a day off, quote unquote, or even just a normal day, I'm trying to do it just more regularly, which is to be more mindful of how I set intentions for that day. Because I noticed this pattern in myself that if I had a random Sunday or had nothing Mm -hmm. I really needed to do, and I chose to just do my version of nothing, I felt guilty and I felt present in that guilt almost the entire day. Mm -hmm. And when I started to ask myself or, or commit to what I was doing in the morning. I'm going to commit to getting this one thing done and then I can do whatever I want for the rest of the day where I'm going to commit to not doing anything today. Mm-hmm. Just that commitment made it so much easier for me to access the rest because anytime there was this voice in my head that started to say, ooh, Madeline, you've got so much stuff to do. Why are you just sitting here staring at a wall? You could, if I know you wanted to rest today, but if you're gonna do nothing, you might as well do something. I could say, no. Uh, I already decided that I was going to do nothing today if that's what I wanted to do. And that was my commitment. And I followed through with commitments. So go away. No, absolutely. One of the things that comes to mind when you're saying that is the importance of being purposeful. Being purposeful doesn't mean that you can't change tasks. But when we tell ourselves, when the negative self-talk is telling ourselves that we're doing nothing, which is the other thing that comes to mind, it's not possible. Yeah. So we want to stay away from absolute words as much as possible because mm. they really don't serve us. Even when you are sitting on the couch, that's not nothing. That's sitting on the couch. True. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so what you're saying is that if my purpose was to do an activity that I have defined as productive, some people define productive as activities that make them money. Some Mm. people define productive as an activity that cleans something up or or creates a different state of being, meaning a result, right? Transform something. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those are two really key points. And then the other thing that I would add to that recipe would be to define 
what aspects in your life are important, right? What major categories? Because sometimes we can't, we feel burnt out with our whole life, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, or we feel totally used up or we've run out of resources. But when we're talking about allocating our resources and making sure we're at a good level with our allocation of resource, we have to identify what parts of our life we want to allocate to, yeah. right? I call it my, I get one pie. I get True one American. Pie, right. She gets I get, a pie. I get a pie. I get one pie. And of my pie, I can have as many slices as I want, but they have to fit into one Same pie. pie. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, things that I like to put in out know, my slices of pie, I have to do with my career have to do with personal growth, have to do with fun and leisure, mm. have to do with friends and family, my health and well-being, mind, body, soul, things like that. So at least I have that framework of those are the areas that I am going to be allocating my time, my energy, mm. and my resources toward. If you said to me, oh yeah, but what about, I don't know, what about your spirituality? Let's pick that. What about your spirituality? And I might say, you know what? That's not really in my pie. Yeah, right? no, it's really important. I think speaking to your pie metaphor, we love a metaphor. We love a yeah, pie. We love a pie. And there's this, everyone or a lot of people I'm sure know this quote, but it's whenever someone says, I don't have time, what you're really saying is it's not a priority. When we say that something is not a priority, it feels particularly judgy and harsh. Probably yeah. because we associate telling someone no with being uh, a bad person. Right. <laughs> and when you say it's not a priority, that's a fancy way of saying no. But your priorities are going to change and they're going to be incredibly personal to you. Not personal to anyone else. If they choose to take something personally, that's on them. You can't mm -hmm. uh, control how other people receive your no. But the default is that you can't do everything. And so I love this because in the pie, and I think another addition to your metaphor that you'd probably agree with is that you only get one pie. You can have as many slices as you want. It could also change the type of pie throughout your life. Yes, um, you, can. you can change your slices. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. sub things in, but mm -hmm. you can only ever fill the same tin. And when mm -hmm. we talk about things like deciding on your values, deciding on how you're going to allocate resources, deciding on what's important to you, what's a priority right now, et cetera, there's this like temptation to make absolute language that something is going to be forever the case. Mm -hmm. But you have the power to decide that right now, these are the things that are a priority in your pie. And it could be because they're just a priority, full stop. They align with your values. Mm -hmm. It could be also because those are the areas in your life that you identify as being the most depleted. So getting back mm -hmm. toward the idea of rest, oftentimes these slices that we choose to focus on will be the ones where we're firefighting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. And I think that choice and knowing that you have that choice to change to divert your resources to what matters to you and what is a priority for you and to not be bound to that decision for the rest of the time is incredibly empowering, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Knowing what you have to say yes to because it's a priority for you and knowing that you can do it on it many times during the day. Where we get stuck sometimes is that we're not looking at the whole pie when we reallocated something. So say we woke up in the morning and we looked at our pie and we're like, yep, there's eight nice slices right there. And mm -hmm. I have eight guests or I have seven guests coming to dinner. Aren't we lucky? We are each going <laughs> to get 
a nice, right? Or I'm going to get a, a nice slice of pie. But then all of a sudden, right, an unexpected guest comes. And so what we do is we're so focused on that switch to allocating the pie, we have eliminated something that not necessarily could get mm. eliminated. We need to say, okay, well, if I'm saying yes to this extra guest to give them some of this pie, right? Or mm. some of my resources, right? Mm. Then what am I saying no to? And it doesn't right? have to be an outright no either. I mean, no. you can also say, what do I need to pull back from a little mm -hmm. bit? You know, we're so focused on sacrificing ourselves. There's all the sacrificing culture so that you can mm. not be seen as selfish or anything mm -hmm. like that. You know, if, if there are eight slices and you have an unexpected guest, you of course yield to the guest and you give the slice. Alternatively, you can cut the pie differently so that yes. there's nine slices. <laughs> exactly. Right? Another invitation. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that is the definition of, of this buzzword of self-care, you know? Mm, absolutely true. Yeah. I ran into this or I read a while ago from Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She wrote a book called Sacred Rest. And she had this quote, which I really appreciated when I'm talking on nauseam about self-care sometimes. <laughs> and, and her quote was, Real self-care isn't just massages and green juices. It's choosing to create a life that you don't feel the need to regularly check out of. Absolutely. Right. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, okay. First off, you've broken the rules. The quotes I are know. supposed to be at the end. Don't worry. I got it one, another one for the <laughs> all end. Right, all right. All I right. Always. So you'll have to stick here yeah. until the end if so. you want to hear her other quote. Now that it's right. got to top that too. So it's going to be a good one. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it will be. I promise. Well, but this yeah. is this is a really powerful idea. And thinking of your quote about creating a life that you don't want to check out of or you don't need to check out of rather, I think is really interesting because it gives us the opportunity to then ask, OK, if I were to stay checked in to my life all the time, what would be my baseline requirement to do so? And that gives you an opportunity to look at all the different areas of your life that matter to you. And so once you've actually determined what's important to you, you can visualize where your levels are at. And in addition to looking at where they're at now, you can decide how far the Grand Canyon cliff can get in that area. And in multiple areas of our lives, it can be different. So in your health, it might be you need a 500 foot distance from the cliff because right. you know yourself. But for other things, like for, let's say, friends and family, you might find that being a little bit closer to that cliff and still be okay. You don't want to get too close. Maybe you keep a 50 foot, but it's something that you can afford to give a little on. And so one of the things that you said in the past to me, mom, that really resonated that I think goes on with here is knowing your boundaries or knowing your yes guarantees a good no. Correct. And in this case, knowing your baseline and your levels in the areas that you decide to allocate to your pie guarantees good management of resources. No, absolutely. That's a really good point because wouldn't it be lovely if life just like a clock, right? Just went from one slice to the <laughs> next. But my husband and I are always saying, Patrick and I are always saying to each other, 
how come all those invitations mm. always come at the for the exact same day? So this is where we're in a quandary, right? So if we do what you were telling saying, what we can do is we can say to ourselves, okay, where are those levels? And so I'm saying yes to the travel experience. And I'm mm. saying no to the dinner party, not because I don't like a nice dinner party or those friends, but I'm feeling good about it because I'm reminding myself what I'm saying yes to. Yeah, absolutely true. And it's actually, I mean, here's a good challenge because we're talking okay. about things in a, in my opinion, semi-ideal circumstance where mm -hmm. if you had eight slices, four of them are doing okay enough that you could dip into that pot if you needed to. What happens if they're all suffering? What yeah. do you do then? Yeah. I, then you start to figure out, right, what is the priority of the depletion? What makes the most sense to start uh, with self-care things? And one of the one of the things that Dr. Dalton Smith talks about in her sacred rest is you know, there being seven facets where we can do restorative care, care, mm -hmm. rest, right? Or self-care. And they are mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, creative, and physical. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> yeah. So getting you know, mental rest, spiritual rest, emotional rest, all of those, all of those different categories, it, it none of them are going to be harmful. So you pick the one that resonates right with you and you do small bites. Yeah, you don't try sure. to fill it to the brim, mm -hmm. right? You don't go, okay, I'm going to get my social rest and I'm saying no to every outside engagement for the next, you know, three months. Yeah. And I think that this also touches on a really interesting point, which is that usually when we're in places of depletion, when we're at the bottom of the barrel when mm -hmm. the tank is empty, it's easier to stay there usually and to not make any of these improvements and to say, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And so understanding the things that help you thrive, actually taking a second and saying, okay, before I tell this friend, because we're still on social rest, before I tell this friend no to dinner, I'm going to remember the last time I went to dinner with this friend and think, did I leave at the end of the day feeling depleted or feeling filled? And if you can answer that you're feeling filled, you might want to find a way to go to that dinner because right. it's also really easy to say no to everything because we're not being mindful about what fills our cup versus what mm -hmm. depletes us. So I think it's a bit more complicated than just going out and deciding one of the types of rest you want to do and going forward. It's more just about understanding that in all of these areas of our lives, there are things that fill us and things that deplete us. And so mm -hmm. when you're at a crisis state of empty across the board, every single thing that potentially comes on, every opportunity that comes your way, mm -hmm. try to be mindful, creating space for the things that will, in the long run, help you to get back onto the path of thriving again. Mm -hmm. And then to carry it one step further is to then recognize and know where the, your barrier is, where your cup is only mm. a, a quarter of a tank and make a commitment to yourself that I know exactly what can make it go to a half a tank. So that's part of what I'm going to allocate my resources to do mm. on a regular basis is make sure that I am 
not on full cylinder, firing mm-hmm. on all cylinders <laughs> all the time, right? But I'm not, I don't have dead batteries anywhere. Yeah, true. Because I think the average person who might be listening might be sitting there from a position of the depleted. So the not really of the, how do I just get to good rest hygiene or how do I just get to good, should we call it pie hygiene, pie gene? Um, <laughs> hygiene. <laughs> but rather, I don't even know where to begin. And so knowing these seven types of rest, which again are mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, creative, and physical. And there are tons of resources out there. So we can link some resources that go into depth more about these examples of rest. Right. But if you start with those and you just take five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, and try and list different things in each category that usually help you to keep battery up. Mm-hmm. Start with taking care of yourself by charging your battery. And then once you feel like you're waking up with a full battery and a full intention to be able to allocate those resources, mm-hmm. then you're in a position of power knowing where you want to direct your attention and resources and having the resources to direct to actually make those decisions that then perpetuate a virtuous cycle so that you're not allowing yourself to get too low because you keep checking in on your battery and you can maintain that momentum of good hygiene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, that those are wonderful points and observations and recommendations. It brings me back to that quote again, right? About mm-hmm. setting ourselves up so that we don't want to check out of our lives. And one of the things that I suggest is to take a 10 minute sabbatical every day where you just reflect on what sustains you so that you have a list at the ready. Because when we're depleted is not the time to come up with the list. So when we're having a day that we're feeling really energized, we want to just make a note, but in these 10 minutes, maybe, or if you only have five, five minutes where we say, oh my gosh, I felt really energized when I was having lunch with that friend today. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's this habit and pattern of checking in with yourself, mm-hmm. 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. And when you were saying this brought this memory to mind of when I came home from, I think I was in China at the time. So I was driving through this set of lights and the car puttered to a stop. And I was shocked because I think by that point I had been driving for at least seven years and I'd never, ever run out of gas, ever run out of gas, but I had run out of gas. I had to call my dad and ask him to bring one of those things of gas to to put or petrol. Yeah, yep. gas can to put petrol in the car so that I could keep going. The reason why this came to mind was because if I was so out of practice driving because I hadn't been in a car for a while since I don't drive when I'm living abroad, that I just hadn't been checking the mm-hmm. tank. Yeah. And so I, so I think what's really interesting about check-in routines is they might seem like a big hurdle at first, like any habit they're trying to build, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be this big journaling moment. You don't have to write down all your thoughts and feelings. No. You don't have to write anything down at all. It'll actually just be a moment of self-reflection. Just a tiny moment. And that over time will become natural to you. And so that even when you are in these desperate moments, whether you have the list physically written down or whatever, you'll probably not even be at a point where you get to that empty because you're so used to checking in with yourself and not only checking in with what helped you 
boost your battery that day, but also where your battery level is at, you'll always have this one eye on it. So you can start to feel in your body. Okay. I'm starting to feel a little off today. I wonder why I'm so irritable. Ah, yeah. The last time I was irritable Mm -hmm. and checked in on myself, I was really depleted in these areas. Yep. Okay. I am feeling a little depleted in that way. So it just gives you these like automatic tools that Mm -hmm. you can use and that become instant. And and the other thing to pay attention to is that when you called your dad, he came with, he didn't come with 20 gallons to fill the whole tank. He came with a gallon and it got you moving on to where you needed to go. Yeah. So that I could then fill up the rest of the way. See, this is why we think in metaphors. Yeah. So we, we've spoken about a lot today. So we started by talking about allocation of resources and The idea that if we build a good foundation of where our priorities are and we understand our battery levels, that it puts us in a really strong position to handle any of the curveballs that life throws to us. It also puts us in a great position to understand what to say yes to, what to continue to say yes to, or what to start to say yes to, what to lean into, and what to say no to, even if that's a small no or a no for now, so that we can prioritize the things that we want to fill our space with and focus our attention on. By doing that, you can fill out this wheel of life, a worksheet that we'll put in the show notes if you're interested in doing that. Sometimes it's just a really great way of visualizing the pie and understanding, and you can even put it next to your computer or somewhere to remind you the things that you want to focus on. And the other thing we recommended or we suggested was to look at the different seven types of rest and to do a quick little brainstorming exercise on what you find fills your tank in those areas. And if you're not sure, if you don't know yet, you can also try and be curious. You don't have to have all the answers. You could also write down some things you've always wanted to try in those areas. So those are just some ways to get started because the first piece of being able to take care of yourself is to be conscious of how far you are from that ledge, of where your limitations are, and what areas of your life you want to focus on regarding how you allocate your resources. Obviously, a ton in this episode, as per usual. And without further ado, she has been holding this quote in for us. I know, I have. We are thrilled. All right. All right. Go ahead, Mom. There it is. So this is from writer Anne Lamott. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. That's a good one. Hopefully you will go on from this podcast and have taken some aha moments in how to take care of yourself. So between now and the next one, I hope that you spend time taking care of you, figuring out how to say yes to the things that bring you joy and help you thrive. And until next time, we will see you then. Until next time, be well. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope our conversation provides some insight and practical ways to navigate and understand you. If you have found our show to be helpful, please pass it along. Madeline and I are hoping you will join us in creating a ripple effect of mental health and well-being. As always, thanks for listening to the Nomi Podcast. This is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you.